I, I took an informal poll of some of the things that elementary age kids in our church are hoping to get for Christmas. There was a lot of overlap, just so you know, between them. They want things, they want books, Lego sets, Squishmallows, slime, Robux, V-Bucks, Nerf products, video games, bikes, and pets. If you have not been spending a lot of time with elementary school kids, some of those things you may have thought, I don't even know what that is. My, my, squishmallows, right? Uh, my, my son would like to personally introduce you to slime. From personal experience, I would suggest you do not let it near your carpet. <laughs> we had to throw that one away. When I was a kid, uh, I used to sometimes focus on one particular thing that I was hoping for, like a, like a very specific thing that I was hoping, 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 oh, please let me get the, this thing. I, uh, I'm old enough, I really wanted this G.I. Joe F-14. That's what I wanted. My friend got it. Uh, I never did, uh, but that's okay. But other times, you know, I would just kind of like put my hope in my mom because my mom was a pretty good gift giver. Uh, I know that my dad... Uh, was the one who was making the money for it, but nobody was under the impression that my dad bought the gifts. We all know that. Um, so I did get my fair share of socks for Christmas, but I got a lot of great things. My mom made it very magical. It was wonderful. So you, of course, you know that it's not just about the gifts. You know that the whole reason for the Christmas holiday that we have this is that on this day, we celebrate that God chose to become a human being and to dwell among us. And he, he didn't come into a palace with marble floors and golden statues. He came in the most humble of circumstances. And because I am a pastor, I am also contractually obliged to use the phrase, Christ is the greatest gift of all. Right? I'm supposed, there we go. So you can check that off your bingo card. But it is true as well. It might be a little bit cliche, but this is the truth. The truth that we've been exploring through this whole series in Advent, that as we've been preparing ourselves for Christmas, we've been looking at a couple of different, uh, just two different chapters in uh, the book of Luke as we've been uh, doing this. And we've been, all of these things have been pointing toward this king who is coming. And he is the gift that is coming to us. The, the message series we've been following is the, the one called Let Earth Receive Her King. It comes from the song Joy to the World. And part of every heart preparing him room is that on these Sundays of Advent, we've been trying to think, what does it mean for earth to receive her king? And we kicked off the first week was with Mary's song. And we said, the king changes the story. He changes my story. When he comes into the story, it goes from something that's bad into something that's good. He makes broken things whole. He takes people who are estranged and brings them into the family. And from that, then the next week, we went to this guy named Zechariah, who is a priest, and he taught us that our king comes to liberate us from fear. We're not afraid anymore of other people. We're not afraid of God because we've got this welcome from God. That's the, the story of this gift of the king who has come to us, is that we can be freed from fear. And then last week, we looked at this song that the angels sing in Luke 2. We learned that we, we see that this king brings peace. And, and part of our peace is that we are the people who actually welcome this king, who accept this good gift that's been given to us. But the one thing that we have not yet talked about is, who is this gift for? Who is this gift for? We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, but 
my first gift that I'm going to give to you. I, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. I do have something kind of special this morning. I'm going to be sharing my message time with one of our youth. So I would like to introduce Roberto Martinez to come up here. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> like Kurt said, my name is Roberto Martinez. I'm 16 years old, and I'm part of our CME Cove youth group. But some of you might recognize me as the kid who bikes to church. <laughs> um, today, I am blessed to be given the opportunity to tag team with Kurt on today's message. So we're going to answer the question, who is this gift for? Now, we have a beautifully wrapped Christmas gift under the tree, but it has no name tag. So who's it for? All I know is it looks really nice, and I want to be the one to have it. So we're going to look into that today. We're going to look into a passage today where the gift that God gives is special to one person, but not just for one person. It's for the whole world. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 2, verse 22. When the time came for the purification of rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it, as it is written in the, Lord, in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now you may now, you, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the, your people, Israel. Let me pray. Father God, I pray that, first off, I want to thank you for just bringing us all here today, Lord. We all could have just stayed home today. It's so easy just to sleep in a little extra longer, but Lord, you brought us here, and I thank you for that. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be up here, and I pray, Lord, that I give you room in me to you to speak through me, and I pray that this touches someone, that, this, that you work your wonders through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's talk about how this is a personal gift for Simeon. Now, Simeon, this is strange. Simeon was promised that he would see the Christ Messiah before his death. So, but it's not really specified when. We're, we're left to the interpretation that it took a little bit of time before the promise was made to him actually seeing Jesus. And usually in Bible time, it's probably years. Something, things like this don't just happen in a few days. And I kind of want us to think about that a little bit more. How often have we prayed for something and it has not come to tuition like immediately? It usually takes a while. And God's time isn't as like our time. God's time is perfect. That's all we can rely on. So I just pray that, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Let's take a look at verse 26. It has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So again, he's promised that he'd see um, the Lord before his passing. But like again, it's uh, not really specific when. It's like you're going to get the perfect Christmas gift but it's not determined if it's this Christmas or Christmas in 10 years. So it's very vague. Still, he had the kinship to the voice of the Spirit, and he followed it into the temple. 
And there's nothing really telling him that this time is going to be any different than all the other times he's gone to the temple. It's like if you go to the fridge at the fourth time, hoping that there's something delicious, a magical burger there, but, you know, it's just very casual, you know, not really hoping for much. So he entered the temple very casual, and um, uh, yeah, so let's go to verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simon is in such awe that when he saw Jesus, he went over to Mary and Joseph, and it says he took the child, and I'm assuming he raised it in the air and started praising God. Now, I could imagine this was a surprise to Mary and Joseph, but let's remember an angel appeared to both of them, saying that they were going to be the parents of the Savior of the world. So I'm probably sure they expected something like this to happen eventually. So, but he rejoices in God's promise being fulfilled right before his eyes. Simeon is at peace now. He's like, yes, it finally happened. I'm, it's fulfilled. He's happy because Israel was hurting. But now he knows that there's a Savior for Israel, and not just for Israel, the whole entire world. The, um, it is only promised for Simeon, but for us. It's also the relationship that Simeon had with God's promise isn't just for Simeon. It's also for us. He's promised that Jesus is here to save us and that Jesus is the gift to the earth and that he would be its savior. But Simon had to wait. He had to wait, I'm sure, a good amount of time. So I want to ask the question, how long are we prepared to wait? How long are we prepared to wait to see salvation? Because it takes a while. It doesn't just happen immediately. Sometimes it does, and it's frustrating sometimes because it's like, ah, oh, why can't my family see that? Why can't the person I've been praying for see that? So it, it's tough. So, and how often have you felt like if God answered that one big prayer you had, that you could finally be at peace with your life? That, like Simeon found peace when he saw Jesus, how do you feel? How, there's so many prayers that... Uh, that you'd imagine would lead to that kind of peace. And I have a, kind of, I have a story that semi-relates to this. But before I go any further, I want to give a special thank you to my mom, who is here with us this morning. <laughs> she would take me out to church every Sunday, even if I didn't want to go. And um, I have her to thank for me being the person I am today and who I will eventually become. So... Thank you, Mama. I love you. That being said, <laughs> growing up, I would embarrass my mom. I would, when we'd go to church, I'd sometimes fall asleep during church, and you'd know I was asleep because I'd snore. <laughs> um, but I, I, I never really felt a want to go. I never went there because I wanted to go there. I went there because my mom took me. She planted a seed that takes years to grow, so, and I'm very thankful for her to do that. But when I was there, I never, I never felt the, the desire. I never felt that, like, that rush. But I started feeling that little by little. Um, it, it, it's so strange how God works sometimes. Three years ago, I was a very bold kid. One night, I went outside, and I looked up in the sky, and I said, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want to see you. And good thing that nothing like that happened because I cannot 
bear to see a biblically accurate angel appear before me with a hundred eyes. I don't think I'd ever be able to handle something like that. So, you know, God works in amazing ways. <laughs> so, but I never, nothing happened. I stood out there. It was quiet. And that could be frustrating sometimes. That could be a little, like, are you hearing me? Are my prayers going somewhere? And that's how I felt. And I was in a religious environment, so it was tough for me to hear how people were talking about how amazing the love of God was, and I never felt it directly. I was never, I never, I was never able to tell that, yep, that feeling I had right now was from Jesus. So I, I struggled with that, and I was jealous because I wanted to feel that. I prayed. I went to church, and I started, I, I, like, I really wanted that, and it never happened. Well, I wouldn't say it never happened. It happened just recently. <laughs> it happened one night, one morning, one evening, one evening at our Wednesday youth group. I, um, I just felt convicted. I was like, I need to pray today. There's something about today that I need to pray about. And my prayer was about something that just revealed itself throughout my day. And I just, I just felt like I needed to. If I didn't pray, I don't know what would happen. It was one of those things where it's like, I need to. I don't even want to think about how it's going to be if I don't do it. So I, I'm just going to do it. And it was so strange, too, because that morning I felt so disconnected from God. I felt like any connection I did have with him was gone. I felt worthless. But afterwards, I found so much value through Jesus who lives through me. I found what I was looking for. I prayed, and afterwards, I just started sobbing. I started crying. And it wasn't out of sadness. It was, it was like I had so much emotion that... That was the best way I could express it. It would hurt if I were to keep it in. And it's so strange. Best way I could explain it is that I felt safe. It was one of those moments where if I died right then and there, I knew I would go to heaven and be with Jesus. And I acknowledged, I was like, that's Jesus. That was you, Jesus. And it took so much time. It took a lot of time, and I was so happy when it actually happened. So I just want to remind everybody that God works at his time, and his time is perfect, and, sorry, <laughs> and, um, my goodness, I, it, I'm just feeling so many emotions right now, my uh, flashcards aren't really helping me that much, <laughs> but um, a gift isn't something you ask for. If you ask for something and it's given to you, is that really a gift? It's, something, it's just something you're asking for. A gift is really when it's given to you when you least expect it, when you don't deserve it. That's a gift. And Jesus is our gift to the world. Jesus, whatever, however that means to you, Jesus is your gift. He is for you. And I pray that we recognize that. What a gift we have in Jesus. I think I lost where I was going to be. <laughs> Jesus is the gift for those who accept it. And that offer is available to anyone. This means it's available to any family or friends despite what they've done. This could be specifically for you, even if you feel like you're struggling with relying on Jesus. If you told me that, I, would, I wouldn't blame you. I, I recognize how that feels. I'm sure a lot of people here recognize how it feels to have those highs and lows. So I just want to let you know you're not alone. Simon makes it clear that this gift was important for him individually. But it isn't just for him. Christ is king over the whole world. And this gift is for the whole world. I'd like to thank you guys for being patient with my um, 
my um, my prayer. I'm very nervous, if you could tell. <laughs> I'd like to give it back to Kurt. Thank you guys so much for having me this Christmas. Roberto, that's a gift for me. I love that you get to that you're a part of our church. I'm so grateful for all the youth, all the contributions you make. That you see youth up front leading in worship, doing many other things, serving with us in lots of other places. Uh, if that may be a gift for you too, uh, to be able to think, uh, I love it that Simeon knew that he would get to see the Messiah, and that was something that God was giving to him individually. Maybe it's meaningful for you also to be able to think about the future of what God is doing in the world. Maybe even having somebody who's 16 come and share about the scriptures can be a gift for you to think about maybe the future of what God is doing in our world as well. All right, so the gift is for us individually. It was a gift for Simeon. Simeon knew, hey, this, this, is, this Messiah, God spoke to me. And, and so it was meaningful for him individually. Simeon was like, thank you, God, I get to see this Messiah. But when he ends up preaching, uh, he has this message that he says. And in his message, he's going to see that it is a gift for the world as well. It is a gift for the world. Let's read verses 30 and to 32. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He's like, thank you, God. I can die now because my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So he says, you can let me die, God, because I've seen the Messiah that you promised that I would have that was meaningful for me. But the song that he sings afterwards isn't a personal song. He says, this is something you've prepared in the sight of all nations. This Messiah, this gift that's here, is not just for me. It's for the whole world. It's for the Gentiles, people who are non-Jewish, and also the glory of Israel. And I love this. He's like, he's not saying, hey, this is just, not just for my clan. This is something that has been prepared for the whole world. Simeon looks down and sees this eight-pound, six-ounce newborn baby Jesus. But he doesn't perceive him just as a baby. He says, this is the king. And this king is the king of the whole world, not just of my tribe, but of the whole world. Because he is somebody who knows the scriptures. And he knows that this salvation isn't ever, never was meant to be just a personal thing. The, the consistent story over and over again throughout scripture is that God's intentions were always they were always supposed to be that the blessings were going to be for the whole world. If you're familiar with the Bible, you maybe know that God chose a specific man named Abraham. He is called the father of faith. Talks about him in the book of Genesis. And through him, God also chose Abraham's descendants. God ends up focusing on that people and they become a nation. But even from the beginning, that focusing that he did was always meant to go back out and spread out to the whole world. It was tied with a promise that this blessing would actually break out from this guy. Read with me in Genesis 12. This is kind of the beginning of Abraham's call. He says, to, God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. I think that that ends up being a part of Jesus's story, but we'll get to that. He says, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
So he says, I'm, I'm going to bless you, yes, but everybody through the whole world is going to be blessed through you. So God was focusing on one person, but it was never meant to just stay with him. It was never supposed to be just with his tribe. It was always, always a global vision. And I think the more that our vision for what God is doing in the world matches God's own global vision, it's going to look more like the kingdom of God. I think more and more our own community should reflect the, the way that Simi Valley looks, the, the Simi Valley of today. We want to reflect that global vision. So the first followers of Jesus, they understood, hey, somebody can be a descendant of Abraham by blood. That's great, but what's actually important is to be Abraham's offspring by faith. No matter where you came from, would you be a person who enters into the same kind of faith as Abraham. And that, that blessing that is there is actually passed on by faith. It's not passed on from blood. This is what it says in, in Galatians 3. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. So if you have faith, you're a child of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. See, so Paul's taking that passage from Genesis and, and applying it forward to our time. Verse 9, so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So you and I, we are blessed along with Abraham. And that's the thing that Simeon gets. Simeon is like, he knew from the beginning when Simeon sees this Messiah, he's like, this is going to be for everybody because that's the way God is working. It's not just about us. It's about everyone. He knew that this good news was for the whole world. And so Simeon is actually a portrait of what is supposed to happen in us. To, to, see, to say, God, you have a promise and a gift for me. And that gift and promise are supposed to be multiplied around the whole world. Roberto said that that promise was for Simeon, and that is true. And he beholds Jesus and realizes, this is definitely for me, but it's not just for me. Thank you, God, that you gave me this gift, but it's not just for me. It's for the whole world. And let me say it a different way. Jesus is not coming just to round out your life. He's not just coming to make your life a little bit better or to fill something out as some piece that you were missing or that you needed. He is Lord of your life. And he is Lord over the whole world. There are a lot of implications for this. So if Christ is king over the whole world, then this is going to be good news for the whole world. So if that's the case, then our Christmas celebration should have some kind of a, a global outlook. Uh, I, I think... Uh, hey, maybe your Christmas is a bit like mine. It, it, our Christmas celebrations tend to have kind of small circles. Uh, it's true for my family. I think it's probably true for yours. Uh, so the Christmas celebration, it's, it's family, it's close friends. Maybe you, maybe a few of you have a party with lots and lots of people, but even still, that, that circle is relatively closed. You have a, a group of friends that you spend time with. So the, a closed circle ultimately says, this is for us and not for you. And that's fine for Christmas dinner, but there's a little bit of a problem when our idea of the gift of salvation ends up being a closed circle as well. Christ died for me. Praise God. Amen. 
And you know what? I might even pray fervently for my family and my friends, but the circle ends up staying a little too close to me sometimes. It's closed circle. And, and so basically, what ends up happening oftentimes, uh, to my shame, more often, don't we just kind of pray a little bit more for the same kind of people who we would invite to Christmas dinner? Which is great, let's do that. But if our concept of who Christ came for only extends to the people that we would invite to Christmas dinner, then our idea of the gospel is actually far too small. So if Jesus is your king, he's also not just king for you, he's king for the world. And he needs to be the king for others as well. And he needs to be the king for people who aren't here, the people who aren't there at your table for people you might not even like. If for, the, for the youth, you might say, the important thing for us is we're not supposed to gatekeep Jesus. Thank you. I appreciate that. Don't gatekeep Jesus. Ask a youth later if you need a translation. So the vision is, hey, the Holy Spirit speaks through Simeon, and it's pressing outward. The Holy Spirit always presses outward. If you are a new Christian, have you felt like Faith was amazing. I was able to step into faith, but God makes me do uncomfortable things. God pushes me into areas. He wants to reach into areas that I didn't want him to touch. God is making me serve in ways I didn't want to. God is making me love people or care about people that I didn't think that I wanted to. That's how God in the Holy Spirit breaks us out, pushes us beyond our closed circle thinking. So as followers of Jesus, we want the gift of Christ for ourselves. But as followers of Jesus, we are committed to the world. So back up one slide. We are committed to the world. We want the world to welcome the gift of this king. So we pray. We pray for the world, not with political eyes, but with kingdom eyes for the world, praying that Christ will be the light for the whole world in every country, every people. And we should work toward that in some ways. So we should be living into that. And so I I think, hey, over the next 10 years, I would love to see more young people giving their lives to serve in missions. I would love to see retirees choosing, hey, you know what? They pay me whether I live here or whether I live somewhere else. I'm going to move to Dubai to share the gospel. I I think if we used our our, our money and our resources really well, we're going to start to see the kingdom of God grow here and abroad, and that our church will actually have more of an impact beyond our city's borders. And I think that's following in the vision of what Simeon's talking about here. All right, second bit. If we, as followers of Jesus, we are also committed to being focused on those who aren't here yet. That closed circle thinking in our church, sometimes you kind of think, hey, well, hey, we're all here, so that's cool, let's do some cool stuff together. We're all here, but we aren't all here yet. So open circle thinking says, hey, we are not all here yet. There are people who want to know and love God who aren't here yet. So we want to make decisions, not just on what would be hospitable for ourselves, but what's going to be hospitable for other people? What are, what are ideas for things that we can be doing to share our faith with other people, to be more welcoming with people who are here? Hey, you know what? If you are newer to our church family, you can really help us with some of this stuff by helping us see things that we're blind to. Uh, there are things that uh, after a while people get used to, and you can say, hey, that's, 
this thing, it would be better, you could be more hospitable if this thing. I would love for you to fill that out on that yellow card. You can say, hey, uh, it would be great if uh, this thing, or that. if you stopped wearing maroon or wine-colored shirts, it's distracting, Kurt. Yeah, so. Uh, so our church, our church is not about just comforting us. It's about Christ being the consolation and the comfort and the Lord of the whole world. So we want to relationally open up our circles, our friend circles, uh, our, the way that we see our lives in Simi Valley, all to extend into the world. So Simeon, he says, hey, Lord, you can let me depart in peace. Why? Because my eyes have seen your salvation. And notice when he says that, he, he's defining salvation not as a concept. It's not based on his feelings. What Simeon is pointing to, what's he pointing to? He's looking at a person. He's looking at Jesus himself. My eyes have seen your salvation, and it is here. We can't forget that our, our purpose and the purpose of all faith and life has always been centered not on an idea, not on a, on a concept, not on even a way of life. It's centered on a person, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the center. My eyes have seen your salvation, and it's that baby, and that baby who would become a man, and that man who would not just teach great stuff, which was amazing. He would not just live a perfect life that is terrific, but he gave his life for us. He would die for us. And he didn't just die, but he also rose again. So the promise in Scripture is that everyone who trusts in him can be set free from every sin, and we can have life with God forever. Because death is not the end. So it's beautiful that even in Christmas, we think ahead to Easter, what Christ has done. And that promise is for, not just for us, it's for the whole world. So, hey, you know what? Sometimes maybe our circle has been a bit closed. Maybe your circle has even been closed off to God. You, you're like, hey, I, I've, got, I've got my people. I'm all right. I don't need God to interfere. Maybe your own personal circle has been a bit closed off to God himself. And maybe today is the moment that you're willing to open that circle a little bit, even to say, maybe God, if you are there, maybe you want to impact me and, and say something to me. Don't tell God what that's supposed to be, but you have to welcome God in on his own terms. Because if God really is God, it's going to be good for you. didn't say it's going to be very easy, but it will be good for you. All right, so here's our action step for the week. I would love for you this week, to pray, and I would love for you to pray for someone who is not here, not here specifically, or just kind of like not somebody who doesn't know and love God, but I would pray for them. I'd love for you to pray this, this week that they would welcome the gift of God, who is Jesus. Would you pray this week with me to, to, that somebody who's not here, uh, whether that is uh, in whatever circle that may be, that that circle will be open. And can you imagine, hey, if all of us are doing that, if we all start praying in that way, don't you think it's going to change the way that we interact with people around our, our neighborhood? And you know, if it, I, it doesn't end up being an us and you thing. I'm starting to look for people who are even open. I, I'm, I'm actually just kind of trying to be God's ambassador in places for people maybe who don't even want God at all. That's okay. We're saying, I, I'm praying for you because you're not here. I'm praying that you will welcome that gift, and I don't need to be heavy-handed about it, but it's going to change me. It's going to change and bless our community. 
And the reason why is because God was open with you. God, is, God opened his heart for us. So we want to be people who begin to open our circles to others as well. I think that's the message of what Simeon is getting at. God, you can take me now. This is good news for me, but it's also good news for the world. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this fourth message in the book of Luke. So grateful for these faithful people who went before us. And we pray that we will be people like Simeon who see what good news it is for us that you are the gift of Christmas. But we pray, Lord, we pray for those who are, who are not here, not, not emotionally available, not, not interested in God, uh, who maybe have been burned by the church, been hurt in different places. Lord, remember those people and, and, and all of us, we, we pray that we will be the ones as well who open our hearts to God the one who welcomed and invited us in as well. We pray in Christ's name, amen.